I expected my mother to wake me up early for the drive to the airport, but instead I woke to the sound of whispers in my room. Whispers coming from all directions. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is my paranormal story. Before I start this episode, I want to send a heartfelt thank you to everyone who emailed and commented about my last episode about the Station Nightclub fire. I wasn't sure how the 20th anniversary was going to affect me, but I got to admit, I was a bit emotional for a few days, and your kind words and responses really helped a lot, so thank you. I also want to thank all of you who have been sharing this podcast with your friends. I've been seeing a lot more downloads lately, and since I don't do much advertising or promoting, it has to be because of you. So thanks for sharing. And I also want to thank you for your donations, too. Your support is what keeps this show on the air. I especially want to thank Andrew Pierce, Billy Joe Hendricks, and Glenn S. for the donations. And thank you to everyone who went to my website and bought t-shirts, mugs, and books. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do the same. Just go to my website, myparanormalstory.com. One more quick note. If you have a podcast and you're looking for guests, I'd love to be on your show. Audio, video, live or taped, I'd love to chat with you and your listeners. We can talk about whatever you want ghosts, paranormal investigation, any of my episodes, podcasting, stand-up comedy, uh, anything you want, really. In fact, I want to thank my friends, Eric and Michelle Connor, for having me on their podcast, We Believe Do You. It's my second time being on their podcast. They're a brother and sister team who love all things paranormal, and I just love them. They're great interviewers and podcasters and genuinely good people, so please check out their podcast. They have many great episodes. Again, it's called We Believe, Do You? Okay, I think I've thanked enough people. Now, here's my latest episode. Over this past holiday season, I spent some time with my mom. We were talking about family and the past, and she sparked a memory of mine from when I was just a boy. My mom is pretty much all I have left for close family. I have no brothers or sisters. Both sets of grandparents have passed away years ago. and My father, he died some years ago as well. So my mom is pretty much the only one I can talk to about family and my past. While I was visiting, she brought up the time that we took a trip to Florida to visit my grandparents, her mother and father. And I was only like seven or eight years old. So most of my memories are a bit foggy, but she kind of helped me refresh them. I remember it was my first time being on a plane and I wasn't scared at all. I was actually very excited about the whole idea of seeing a new place. Packing that suitcase, walking through the airport, checking in at the gate, finding your seat on the plane. I, I mean, I loved all of it. 
Now, back then, it was a little easier. We didn't have all the same security and checkpoints. I'm pretty sure you could even smoke cigarettes on planes back then. That's how long ago it was. But the trip stands out in my young memories, not just because it was my first time flying, but for other reasons. Like most kids heading to Florida, I really wanted to go to Disney World. But we really didn't have the money. My mother was recently divorced and now a single parent, and we had just moved from our own house into a small apartment. And I'm pretty sure my grandfather paid for our plane tickets. He was doing pretty good for himself, I think. He had a nice house in Florida, nothing spectacular, but not too far away from Fort Lauderdale. He was retired, and like most New Englanders, he and my grandmother moved to Florida to spend their retirement days. At the time, my mother told me we were heading down to visit, you know, take a little vacation. But there was more to it than that. For one, I think my mother just wanted to get away and be with family for a while after everything she was going through. But secondly, my grandmother wasn't doing well. And I think my mother had gone down there hoping to convince my grandfather to move back home. Closer to us. That way, she could help him take care of my grandmother. She was suffering from the early stages of dementia, which later was confirmed to be Alzheimer's. The strange thing is, I don't have any memory of my grandparents before this trip. I'm told they were around early on for the holidays and birthdays, but I was too young to remember them. So it was sort of like meeting two strangers who somehow felt familiar. But what was even stranger was during some of my grandmother's episodes, she didn't know who I was either. They also had a small dog who was also getting old. His name was Pancho. I think he was a chihuahua or a chihuahua mix of some kind. He liked to bark at everything and he mostly hid under couches and beds. I couldn't play with him or pet him because he was just a little snippy with strangers. Not mean or aggressive, just he didn't care for people much. And honestly, I feel the same way sometimes. There wasn't much for me to do down there. My grandparents didn't have any toys or anything for me to play with. But I remember my grandfather, he took me out a couple of times. I remember this one place we went to. It looked like a big, giant castle, and it was filled with video games and had go-karts. Another time he took me to play mini-golf and get some ice cream. I can distinctly remember being disappointed because they didn't have coffee ice cream. And it was the exact moment in my life then that I learned that coffee ice cream isn't really a thing outside of New England. But other than those little trips, I don't really remember doing much of anything. I probably just watched TV or made up my own little games in my room. My mom was sleeping on the pullout couch every night, and I had the little spare room to myself. I remember it was sort of upstairs, over the garage maybe. It was the only room in the house that wasn't part of the main floor. It was a small room with low slanted ceilings, sort of like an attic 
just the right size for me, though. It had a small bed and a couple of bureaus, nothing fancy. There was one small round window on the wall, but it was too high for me to see out of. My first night sleeping in the room was kind of strange. I fell asleep early, tired from all the traveling, and I remember waking up in the middle of the night wondering where I was. It's the first time I can remember ever sleeping anywhere other than my own bed. And I was kind of afraid to move. There were strange shadows on the wall. But after a few minutes, I realized they were just from the moonlight shining through the lines in the round window. I could hear the TV on in the living room, though. So I slowly climbed out from under the covers to go see my mother. That's when I heard a growl coming from under the bed. I jumped onto the floor in my bare feet and ran down the stairs into the living room. The whole room was dark except for the light coming from the television. My mother was sound asleep on the couch, but my grandmother, my grandmother was sitting in her rocking chair, staring at the TV. She clearly heard me run into the room but she didn't react at all. She just kept on rocking and staring at the TV. I stood there, not knowing what to do or say. All of a sudden, my grandmother yelled out, What the hell do you want? But her eyes never left the television. I ran to my mother on the couch as if I had done something wrong. She quickly woke up and hugged me, thinking I'd had a nightmare or something. When she asked me what was wrong, I told her, there's a monster under my bed. Now, it's not the first time I've had monsters under my bed, but this time, after careful inspection by my mother, it turned out to just be Poncho, the dog. My grandfather had woken up by this point. He was wondering what was going on. He was surprised to find the dog that was in the room with me because it always sleeps under my grandparents' bed. So he reached under and scooped up Poncho, the only family member the dog would ever allow to do that. And then he noticed something under the bed. It was a ring. I've been looking all over for this, he said. It was a large, gaudy-looking gold ring. Sort of looked like a high school class ring, but... I think it was for some other organization or fraternity that he was part of. Apparently, he'd lost the ring a while ago and had looked everywhere for it. He had no idea how it got under there. They both helped my grandmother back into bed and I ended up falling asleep on the couch with my mother. The next morning, my grandmother and grandfather were talking at the breakfast table about the ring and how it somehow got under the spare bed she was a lot more normal in the early hours of the day, talkative and attentive. But she still had no idea how the ring got there. Neither did I. But I feel like they were suspecting me. The ring sat in an empty candy dish on a side table in the dining room for the next couple of days. But on the third or fourth night, I remember lying in bed, listening to my mother and grandfather having a serious discussion. 
it sounded like they were arguing at times. But my family has always had a way of talking sternly without meaning to sound combative. They were talking about how my grandmother's condition was worsening and that my grandfather was getting too old to care for her on his own. And he, of course, was too proud. He completely was against packing up and moving back to New England. He'd worked his whole life with the dream of retiring to the nice weather in Florida. No more winters, he said. As they were talking, I could hear my grandmother in the kitchen. Apparently, she had gone in there to get a drink and wound up pouring an entire jug of juice onto the counter. She yelled out some bad words and was angry at herself and her disease. I listened as my mom rushed in there to clean up the mess and calm her down, afraid that her yelling was going to wake me up. Eventually, everyone went to bed and I fell asleep. An hour or two later, I woke up to the sound of someone screaming in my bedroom. I told you, I didn't want you in here. I opened my eyes and it was my grandmother. She was standing in my room in her pajamas, shouting, but not at me, but at the wall in the corner of the room. I yelled for my mother, who was already on her way up the stairs. I couldn't tell if my grandmother was sleepwalking or was just having an episode, but she was very angry about someone or something in my room. My mother thought maybe it was the dog under the bed again, but he wasn't there. He was in the other room. My heart was pounding. My mother slowly brought my grandmother back into the living room, and I just stayed in my bed, frozen, as I stared into the corner of my room, wondering what it was my grandmother was shouting at. The next morning, at the breakfast table, I was quietly eating my cereal, with my mom and my grandmother, who seemed as if she remembered nothing from the night before. My grandfather was rumbling and grumbling, still upset about the talk he had with my mother the night before, I figured. But he was also upset because, once again, he couldn't find his ring. It wasn't in the candy dish anymore, and he was looking all over for it. And naturally, he asked me if I had taken it, but I swore up and down. I never touched it, but no one knew where it was. He even checked the spare room again, just to make sure I wasn't fibbing, but it wasn't there. It was gone. My mom spent most of the day cleaning around the house and packing her bags as we were leaving for the airport in the morning. The four of us went out to dinner that night, a nice family restaurant, nothing too fancy though, as I remember my grandfather gave me a handful of quarters to play the Pac-Man game in the front lobby. And dinner was rather uneventful, my grandmother had no issues, but I'm guessing it was probably a, an early dinner, 
just to be safe. On the ride home, my mother sat in the passenger seat with my grandfather driving, and I was in the back seat with my grandmother. And she didn't speak a word to me. But I was actually kind of used to that. But she looked happy, though. She was just staring out the window, watching the world go by. And there was more discussion in the front of the car about moving back to New England. A little quieter and calmer this time. That night, I went to bed for the final time in the spare room at my grandparents' house. I was actually anxious to get home to my toys and my Atari 2600. I said goodnight to everyone, including Pancho, who had warmed up to me a little and nicely sniffed my hand as I put it out. Everyone was in the living room watching TV as I fell asleep, and then eventually everybody had gone to bed. I expected my mother to wake me up early for our drive to the airport, but instead, I was awoken by something else. There was someone in my room whispering. I couldn't make out what they were saying. So I sat up, expecting it to be my grandmother again. But it wasn't. There was no one there. No one I could see. But the whispers were getting louder and sounded like they were coming from all around the room. I wanted to run downstairs to the living room to my mother, but I was afraid to move. Then suddenly, the whispers stopped. The room got very quiet. Until I heard a loud thud on the floor. I leapt out of bed and ran into the living room and crawled into the sleeper sofa with my mother. I told her I heard a strange sound. So she told me to just sleep with her. I guess I eventually fell back to sleep. The next thing I remember, my mom was shaking me to wake up. It was time to get dressed and go to the airport. My grandfather was already putting our suitcases in the car and my mother was saying her goodbyes to my grandmother. I got dressed and said my goodbyes as well. Before leaving though, my grandfather asked me one more time if I had seen his ring anywhere. And I told him, I think I heard someone drop it in the spare room last night. So he went in and checked under the bed and there it was, just laying there. For the rest of their days, my grandparents and to this day my mother always thought I was the one taking the ring, but I didn't. I never wanted the ring for anything. But over the holidays this past year, my mother gave me that ring. And now, for whatever reason, I have it. It's in a glass right here in my basement studio. My Paranormal Story is written, produced, and narrated by me, Tom Stewart. Music from this episode, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incomptech.com. If you enjoy my stories and would like to support the podcast, you can visit my website at MyParanormalStory.com. Just click on the donate button. Or if you want, I also have t-shirts and coffee mugs for sale. 
So unfortunately, podcasts cost money, and your support helps me keep this podcast running. You can also check out my book. It's called The 10 Best Tools for Ghost Hunting. If you've ever wanted to learn more about the gadgets used in paranormal investigation, you can check it out on Audible, Kindle, or Amazon.com. Please help my podcast grow by sharing your favorite episodes with your friends on social media. And feel free to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for My Paranormal Story. If you have a podcast and would like to have me as a guest, or if you'd like to ask me a question, or you can tell me your paranormal story, you can email me at myparanormalstorypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is My Paranormal Story.